Hello and welcome to another edition of the Moving Iron Podcast. This podcast is proudly provided by Axon, helping dealers move more iron for almost 100 years. Find out more at axontire.com. Axon was started almost 100 years ago out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. It's that same passion that drives them today. With a vision for a better experience for both farmer and dealer, they set out to create a better way to move more iron. When you partner with Axon, you get immediate access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. Axon carries all major brands and sizes of tires, wheels, and tracks. From custom colors and sizes to fully customized wheels, you can have the solution for virtually any problem today's farmer is trying to solve. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving iron. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast number 221. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Tractor Zoom Delivering Insights. And I am lucky enough once a month to have Kyle McMahon from Tractor Zoom to come on and talk about what's going on in the marketplace. And uh, Tractor Zoom is a great place that I like to go look and see what's going on in track data because, to be quite honest with you, it's the most comprehensive place out there that auctions, um, auction data is getting collected from not just online auctions and those kind of things, but, you know, four, what do you got now, about 450 or so auction companies that are, that are uh, throwing you data? We're about ready to hit 500. All right. See, so look at that. So 500 independent people that are all sending unique data points in. So that's what makes it so much, so much such a valuable resource is that it's not one place that's gathering that stuff. It's, you know, independent places. So Kyle, how you been, man? Good, Casey. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem, man. So Kyle and I have had long conversations about a lot of different stuff. And I've talked quite a bit on this podcast in general about combines, and and I, I'm 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 a firm believer that this is the year that the used combine marketplace is going to explode. And a couple of reasons for that is one, it's about like everything else. Um, there's not going to be that many new combines that get sold. Um, the number of new combines that that generate trade ins that actually make it back to a lot are going to be, I think, few and far between, and. I also think that with some of this parts availability issues that we've been seeing, some guys are going to look at this used combine over here as a better option because, knock on wood, all the parts are there. Where you have these other combines that they're they're trading in, where they're having they're struggling to get stuff going. I, w- I would love to know how many um, custom guys on the run have have trade combines traded combines along the run because of parts availability so i mean uh, of any color you know so i think it's, i think it's going to be a a big play but again because of the lack of use tractors the lack of use sprayers the lack of you name it really if you're a, a producer out there and you're coming into the end of the end of the year for some tax reasons and you need to go out and spend a little money or something like that because you've made some money this year i think your your only choice is going to be combine so Kyle, with my opening monologue there, anything there that you disagree with or you don't you don't find to be uh, be true? No, that's I think that's spot on. And uh, I, I guess just to add some other data to that perspective, 
what we're seeing, uh, what we've been seeing over the last few years is more and more farmers adding multiple combines to their fleet. Partially that's to farmer, uh, farms getting larger, of course. But I, but what we're starting to see is that's growing much more aggressively up to the tune of up 30% over the last four years of retirement auctions having more than one combine, um, which is which is a very interesting stat to us because that means more farmers are having more than one combine. Right. And does that mean that's because of parts availability, this is a totally different year than the previous years, or is that just for the optionality of being able to run two combines when it's fit to get with the fall? Yep. Yeah, I think the the double the the two combine on the farm thing, I think you I think I saw that spike up a little bit over the last couple of years just because how cheap combines had gotten. And the idea is like, well, I mean for another Fifty to ninety thousand bucks, I can get this second combine, and it might not be the seven eighty that I've got, but it sure is a, a, a maybe an older six eighty, you know, two thousand thirteen or fourteen six eighty. That I'm gonna pick up for you know pennies on the dollar type of thing, and now I got two machines out there running that are gonna do do good things for me, and I can pick you know whether I'm picking up acres or just getting done faster. One of the two things. I think there's a, I think some of that happened, and I think like you said to your point, like I tracked that the data that I talk about here that I we get off the internet and of all the stuff out there, the volatility in combine numbers just, you know, from month to month, how many combines were um, taken off the websites versus how many were added and those kind of things. It's almost it's almost a, a one for one. You know, one month they'll you know, three hundred will drop off and then the next month two hundred and ninety eight will come back on and then you know you know, this volatility that you see coming back on it shows you that there are a lot of guys that have either a spare combine that they're not that they're trading in on something other than a combine or they're just outright selling what they've got and and that might have been listed on a website it's just coming off so it's a it's just a very different combine market right now than what we've seen uh, in the past five years i mean it's not it is definitely a machine now that that guys are looking at updating because it, i mean let's face it most the overwhelming majority of, of the market out there right now, what's on farm is, is five, maybe three years old. Um, and they're looking at spending another ten or fifteen or $20,000 on something. And they're kind of in a point where they're like, it's time to upgrade. We're going to go figure out what that looks like. For sure. And, and, and it's almost, it, people are definitely upgrading to combines, but I think we talked about this in the past. One of the first pieces that a lot of farmers were updating was the tractor. Right. Now coming into the combine season, and certainly get very interesting. Prices are obviously higher than they were last year. Mm-hmm. Commodity prices are, are much higher. And and what we're starting to see, what's interesting is, even though there's the inventory coming, we're starting to see prices continue to creep up. There's some combines sold back in March um, before commodity prices had hit their high, and they were bringing massive premiums and those premiums kind of been holding steady from that March time period, but there haven't been a lot of inventory sell. And naturally that stress is on that low hour late model, right? Right. That's where people want to start spending their dollars. And I think it goes back to your point of people are getting a little bit nervous about uh, the supply chain issue yeah. of parts of an availability. And I think that goes across the whole board. There's, there's no, big pushes in semiconductor chips coming back to market. No. There's some big hedge funds and big uh, non-agriculture um, uh, analysts talking about how that shortage might not be coming back to mm-hmm. normal levels until 22. 
that's that's really challenging. You know, automobiles take more more semiconductor chips than uh, tractors and combines, but still, those are those are things to start to keep your eye on, especially if you're looking at that. Mm-hmm. And I could see that also happening, uh, continuing this year, people adding adding to their fleet because they have the cash flow and the ability yeah. to. And the next year, I don't know if we'll see the uh, the inventory come back online, but it's definitely starting to deplete inventory versus replace inventory. Yeah, I've had we've had several conversations like that just amongst our amongst ourselves. But my I'm of the opinion that if 21 or sorry if 22 is uh, similar to what we see happen in 21 as far as um, production schedules go, and whether it's cars or combines, right? Um, I don't. If that happens again, you're really going to see a very starved marketplace, and some of these machines are going to come out. And you know, just like these cars, you know, you go to Kentucky Motor Speedway or wherever that's at, and and Ford's got whatever five or six thousand trucks sitting out there. Um, you know, they can't sell. You know, and and the same the same deal. I mean, we're going to start seeing equipment do the same thing where we've got these machines that just. Everything they all start up and run like they're supposed to, but they just don't auto track or they just don't, you know, you can't map with them and those kind of things. All those agronomical things that that folks are really starting to that really they really lean on, you know. And that's 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 industry wide, man. That is every every manufacturer's got the same problem. I think if you if you start running into this and you start seeing these same kind of pattern through twenty two. Man, I think it's 23 or maybe even, well, 24 to 25 before you really start seeing a normal marketplace again. So now we're looking at at four years of just a, of, of if it's there, I got to buy it. If it's there, I got to buy it. If it's there, I got to buy it. If I'm in the marketplace to do something like that. That also does tell another thing, too, that we've watched these auctions and we've seen what's happened with these auctions. But that late model, low-houred stuff that we see come across the uh, the marketplace that's going to start to be a relative term, right? I mean, the late model, low hour stuff of whatever it is that that you that you have in, in in your availability might not be the the 250 separator hour combine anymore. It might be a, a 450 or 500 hour combine because that's what's after they get their new one. That's what's going to be available. Or it might not be the 500 hour tractor. It might be a 900 hour tractor. I mean, all those things are starting to kind of to kind of gin a little bit. And if that continues to happen. It'll be interesting to see how the market reacts to the "quote unquote" late model, low hour, and what that actually looks like. I, I'm guessing the definitional change of that actually happens. Yeah. <laughs> so it's something to pay attention to. I think again, again, that's why we talk about this: how important these auctions are, and and how important that data is that comes out uh, that you guys put out. Is there might not be a 200 hour, or 300 hour, or some of these, you know. Some of those combines we saw sell last August that were, you know, 280, 290, 300,000 dollar combines, they were what were they? 200 150 to 200 hour combines. Did nothing like that on the marketplace. Well, we probably won't see that again because there won't be something to replace that. Now that same feeding frenzy might be over that same model year combine, but it might you know that that shift has changed 2 or 300 hours. So it'll be it's going to be a uh, you got to pay attention to it, man. There's just so many moving parts out there that you don't know. Right now, I just I'm talking to guys that are like you know they want to go out and sell their stuff or they want to go do these kind of things, and I'm like, 
what's it worth? I was like, man, I don't know. I mean, if, if you what it's worth today and what it's worth in, in December are going to be two different numbers. And it's, it just depends on who's got what, where, and what happens with the marketplace. And I think you and I both know that there's not going to be a lot of inventory out there in December for people to go pick through. Yeah. Um, I, what you're just talking about, I find pretty interesting because a lot of times a, a, a real estate appraiser or any appraiser likes to use multiple comparable sales, right. Yep. To actually come up with an average and, and value your item. Um, when I talk to appraisers right now and, and about any market, whether it be farmland, farm machinery, the most recent sale is going to be the most applicable to what your asset should be worth. Mm-hmm. And today in today's market, if you're looking at any data older than December 15th, yeah. it's pretty bad. Yeah. And I don't care what market you're in. You should not be looking at that information, but the information you should be looking at in the last two months, even if there's that one sale and you're trying to price your piece of equipment, that's that's going to be the biggest leading indicator of, of value than anything older than that, right. because commodity prices and uh, estimated cash flow for twenty one are are dramatically different than they were back then. Yep. So you have some combine data. Talk about that data you got and, and what you see happening out there from the from the stuff you're getting from your uh, your auction houses. Yeah, for sure. So we're really only pulling on uh, Q two twenty twenty one data. As we were talking about, um, the relative the relativity of this information mm-hmm. has to be recent. Yeah. You can't be using anything old. So as we start to look at the marketplace and, and combines specifically, uh, of all this, of all the combines that have sold so far in Q two, we've seen a, a premium paid on the what I'm going to call gently used, uh, which is older than late model. I'm going um, to steal that gently used. That's nice. <laughs> So when we start, when we start, we, we specifically broke down a couple of combines. If we look at the older class, 3000 step hours, like mm-hmm. pretty old, there's still a premium being paid year over year, about 10%, eight to 10% on average. Um, quantity prices are obviously higher. And, and that was really interesting for us to see because there's a premium being paid for those 3000 step hour combines but it's nowhere near the premium of 30% year-over-year growth of that 2017-2018 model year, uh, about 1,000 uh, SEP-hour combines. And so there's, there's, still a, there's still a premium for that older equipment. But once you get in that 1,000 SEP-hour, it's up 30% year-over-year. Pretty astounding number. What's, what's really interesting is once you drop down into that five to 600 SEP-hour uh, price range, we're seeing that 15 to 17 price uh, increase year over year, mm-hmm. which is which was not as high as what we actually thought would happen. And that's uh, if we we're starting to look at John Deere, that's that seven S seven eighty combine class. And what we really attribute that to is because there's such little inventory last year selling, right? That that's still what the hotcakes were on. Everybody still wanted that really low hour late model piece. Um, but what we're seeing is that price stability is always being high. There's not much volatility there. And I think once we get into this August timeframe, um, barring any economic big shifts, uh, we'll continue to see those climb. Where we're starting to see maybe the other classes or the 1,000 to 3,000 SEPAR kind of start to flatline in Q2. There's not there's not a whole lot of growth continuing. Right. Um, maybe that's the volatility of the commodity prices over the last 30, 60 days. Um, 
and some of these big auctions that we've seen, uh, the AHW sale, mm-hmm. uh, Pfeiffer's had a sale. There's there's a couple of them that uh, it was we're expecting big numbers, and then all of a sudden you'd see soybeans down sixty cents right before the auction starts, right. and that just right just doesn't feel that great. Yeah, yeah. Now I think the one thing I've noticed about these auctions is that kind of to that point of one auction values are up like you said I, I totally agree with that the i've been watching machines sell over here that are selling for higher prices than what we have on our lot full advertised retail prices right wow so that's that's tells you right there the shortage of equipment what that looks like you know and then kind of to your point about the thousand hour combine you know attract that data month over month and what that looks like and you know i the biggest volatility in actual numbers of machines coming in and out of, uh, of inventory off, off of websites is that thousand hour machine, that thousand to 1500 hour machine. And I mean, it, it is not only is it volatile, but it is like polar opposite. I mean, one month it'll be just a rocket ship as high as you can go. And then it's the same rocket ship back down the other way. And it's just this huge swing going on. So that tells you that's what people either, one of two things, two things that are happening. One is they are absolutely trading that machine in. And two is they're absolutely, the 2,500 hour guy is now thinking like, okay, you know what? I'm going to take my 2,500 hour combine and I'm going to come by, you know, I'm going to go down a thousand hours, you know, because it's, that's three years worth of use for a guy like me type of thing. Um, you're starting to see that happen. So there is, I, I just think that this is the year that, that use combine inventories. And we started out this year with everyone was, was fearful about how many used combines they've got. And now the combine conversation has, has shifted. Like, I don't know if I'm even going to have a, a, a loaner combine to have during harvest. So now it's, it's just things like that, that are going to be, that are out there that are just, really starting to kind of come full circle, I guess. And, and what, what you're hinting at is, I don't know what the psychology is sometimes with farmers or um, the thought process into the decision of what they're going to buy. Maybe they're used to going up to 2,500 SEP hours and then saying, you know what, I need to get rid of it before I have too much repair or reconditioning costs, and I'm going to go get that 1,000 SEP mm-hmm. hour combine. But really, if they kept their options open and looked at the optionality, um, they that same um, trend. Those prices are a lot higher. So if they actually opened uh, open up their mind a little bit more, they can start to see other other options in the marketplace. Um, barring what they really want to go buy, that you may be able to step up to that seven eighty versus staying that six eighty class. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's obviously a price step up, but there's there's other benefits too. My my point is. As, as you're mentioning, that thousand set bar can be pretty volatile, and we're seeing a lot of demand for that right now. Yeah, yeah, um, it's it's scary. And it's fifteen percent higher yeah. year over year than that that seven eighty class. Yeah. So one thing that I we I think a couple podcasts ago, when Aaron and I were talking about the data that we pulled, and we were talking about these combines, we were really taking a look at the kind of what, what we were kind of making our prediction of what we thought the chairman line was going to be. And, and my thought was even even the 2,500-hour combine, the 2,000-hour combine, still a lot of volatility in there. As many as were coming up as were coming on as they were coming off type of thing. And it was just this, this flow of, of equipment, which tells me that a lot of this stuff is getting traded off on non-combine for combine, like 
deals, you know, guys buying a tractor or a sprayer or selling it outright or whatever he's doing. But for the most part, there's just this flow of of combines right now, and it's, you can see it. And I, I said something to the fact of, I don't remember what, exactly what I said, but it was, you know, you'll know when the combine market is um, been exhausted because the... 2012, 2013, 2014 model combine that we've talked about so much on this podcast is now gone from 50, 60 to 70 or 80,000 bucks. That now you're looking at that same 2015 that was, you know, 80, 90,000 dollars. Now it's it's 100 to 110,000 dollar auction combine and that 2012 is, you know, that 70 or 80,000 dollar combine. That's when you're going to start knowing that that the combine market is, has really gotten saturated because or not saturated, but I mean absolutely exhausted because to go from holy crap we're never going to get rid of these combines and it's the worst thing ever you know we, we've got to figure out some anchor program for the navy to get rid of all these all these combines and so now we're going to transition over to this i mean i don't know how many we're going to have available to to sell coming through this and and keep our guys going so it's a it's a big it's a big swing in in the overall marketplace and it will definitely be um again I've said it a million times. Auctions are absolutely the canary in the coal mine. And if anybody tries to tell you any different than that, tell them they're wrong. Because more trend lines come out of the auction marketplace that affect the retail marketplace than the retail marketplace affects the, the auction marketplace. So just keep that in mind as you're doing this. And tractors are a great place to go find There's hundreds of people that. watching an auction and... There's two people watching a deal happen when it's peer to peer. Exactly. Person to yeah. dealer. Yeah, and that's that's the thing about an auction versus a retail transaction is that that auction is that is truly cash on the barrel head. What that what that is worth that day, right? Um, I can ask, you know, whatever for a combine or a tractor or whatever for ever, and some somebody a simulator come buy it, right? That has nothing to do with that day type of thing. The trend lines that you develop in auctions are truly indicators of what's happening in the retail marketplace, where that demand is at, and what what the willingness for that demand is. And if you're seeing low auction numbers, you're, you're going to see low retail values. You can't, they cannot, comp- you can't compete with each other. And it's just it's one of those things. They're they're not separate from each other. Some people want to think they're so separate from each other, but they're not. They're tied to the hip, and one just hates the other one. That's all the problem. That's, that's what the deal is. So I've got a question for you. If, if we're, we're seeing this big demand for combines and prices continue to go up for most segments, um, if, if you're, if, as you mentioned earlier, there's some of these that are selling higher than what you have them advertised for, the list price. Mm-hmm. Are you seeing people come and rush after they've seen that uh, that combine sell at auction for, you know, let's just call it 5% over what you have it listed for, and there being a demand, I want to buy that now because they're starting to see the market continue to inflate? Is there a rush back to the inventory at the dealership? No, I, no, I haven't really seen that. I mean, now we've seen, I'm starting to see more combines move now than, than you know the previous two months. I'm starting to see that. But it also is that time of the year, too. So there is, I mean... I would say if I saw a bunch of combines moving in April, then yeah, we we I would I would tend to agree with you on on that on that point. But what I'm seeing now is uh, seasonal buying is just more active, and uh, I don't know, you know, like the conversations are, man, combine my, my combines worth a bunch. Yes, it is, 
and so is the one you're buying. So it's just, you know, you're not, you're, you're it's a yin versus a yang thing, you know, I mean, it's, it's where does that, where's that equilibrium come in and, and you're you're absolutely selling your combine at the height of the marketplace right now and you're but you're also buying at the height of the marketplace too and that's and that's where that that dichotomy, dichotomy comes into play you know as, as to what's the right thing to do and you know what if this thing fell off tomorrow you know what's it look like and i think a lot of guys too are looking at this like man we went from whatever it was 350 corn in december to now we're almost banging seven dollars again over a six-month period. I mean, this feels like it might be a bubble, you know. And there's there's some of that going around, but I just don't. I mean, I read a deal the other day in Brazil. They were talking down in uh, in the partner region of, of Brazil. They were talking about uh, frost and snow before they got to it. So I mean, there's it's just it's just nothing's really shaping up that's that's going to stop the the bull market from running i mean it's going to have to it's going to be a big big thing that has to happen and and kind of go from there but i think <clears throat> the longer that this kind of continues on and this shortage of equipment continues on you know it just machinery is going to get more and more expensive as, as especially on the use side just as as it's supply and demand i mean it's simply supply and demand yeah, I mean it, it has to if if, uh, if people want to continue pushing product new product to market, mm -hmm. prices are going to continue to increase. I'm sure you're seeing that at the dealership yeah. prices are increasing more this year than they have historically. Yeah, uh, I'll probably I'll let you speak to those numbers if you want to, but that's that's also causing an inflation into the used market. Yeah, and and as we continue over the next year, that stress on the used market is going to. Um, continue to get higher if if we cannot fill the demand um there's still much higher profitability in agriculture than there has in the last six years and that's going to continue to demand better machines right mm -hmm. no matter what time period we're going to be in over the next year that that's going to continue so uh, that the used market is is something that we obviously track every day and watch every day and I, I think there's going to be some really interesting trends continue to, to develop over Q2 and Q3 of 2021. Um, and, and we're really going to start to uh, watch those, especially in the combine market. If we start to look at upcoming auctions, July is pretty tight. There's not a lot going on. We have 58 auctions um, on the book so far. Um, I, I, we anticipate that to be a little over 100, which year over year is down. Um, once we get into that August time frame, we're starting to uh, hear a lot of uh, auctioneers talking about some great sales that they have coming up, whether they be more dealer uh, reduction sales, whether they be uh, some retirement sales that were booked all the way back in, in 2020, 2020, before this commodity swing went up. There's some. There's going to be some good inventory coming, but we're still predicting a, a lower inventory number than what we did in 2020. So supply and demand is going to naturally tell you there's those prices are going to continue to remain high. Yeah. Of the conversations that you're having with these auction companies that you guys work with, yeah. are, there, are there a lot more, are they seeing a lot more retirement type sales pop up, estate type sales pop up than they've seen in the past? No, those are those are down significantly. Okay. Um, and there's Shocker, plenty huh? of farmers out there that are <laughs> seventy years old saying, "I'm going to yeah. ride this thing thing yeah. one more time." One more time, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and why wouldn't you? Exactly. Uh, I mean, yeah. 
you came off, if you're a farmer con- contemplating retirement in 2014, you hit a big, 13, 14, you hit a big, and then the next couple of years you're saying, you know, everybody's optimistic, maybe we'll do it one more time. Then we saw 17 and 18 and 19 and 20, we saw just a, a bunch of retirements, and those have those have almost evaporated. Um, yeah. So the, the estate sales continue to happen. Those will always happen. Uh, it's just the nature of of life. And yep. Um, uh, but what we'll what we know we'll continue to see is consignment sales. Uh, the, the the question we have in our mind for a lot of the upcoming consignment sales in August and September are the quality. Right. Goes back to what we were talking earlier. Mm-hmm. If there's logistical, um, if there's logistical issues in the supply chain, do people want to continue selling their assets, or do they just want to continue buying and not even trade, not sell, and just hold on to it because of part shortage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the uh, that is the sixty four thousand dollar question for sure. What when when is the right time? Even if you want to, is it the right time? You know, it's, there's so many. So many moving parts that go in there, so it's uh, definitely definitely something to pay attention to. Kyle, good stuff as usual. Um, talk about Tractor Zoom, what you guys are doing there, what's some of the new stuff you're rolling out, kind of what what are you looking at here as uh, as as uh, midsummer here starts to roll down. Yeah, we have, we have um, we're focused a lot on watching the the auction marketplace continue providing um, great auction information as quickly as we can back to the people who are using our um, auction results and pricing software, which is called Iron Comps. And it's really continue working with those customers to to build better product. And you'll see some exciting things come out here in the in the third quarter. And um, we're starting to get pushed in some, some interesting directions that I don't want to get into just yet. You'll probably be able to talk about that in, on the next podcast. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I think there there's going to continue to be new ways of, of how people want to um, find equipment and shop for equipment yep. uh, that, that COVID has really forced. Um, it's, it's interesting, even when we look at our own business analytics and, and how farmers are continually looking for equipment, it's very digital. Um, the, COVID brought a massive digital shift is what I like to call it. Adoption in agriculture software is five years of software adoption or technology adoption was forced into one year, right. especially in the auction market. You look at uh, every auction going online, every auctioneer having to adopt online bidding, and, and that is that is just habit now. Yep. Um, we're starting to, we, we talk to a lot of dealers as well and start to hear a lot of buying sight unseen um, and literally coming to pick it up. We're buying a contingent, so really watching those overall um, market trends and really adapting them into our own business. So continue providing a lot of the auction information and uh, continue going down the path of listening to what the market has to say. And you'll see some of those exciting things come out in, the, in Q3. Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to that, to those things and how they work out, man. So, well, Kyle, folks want to reach out to you and just pick your brain about what's going on or just, just see what's happening with, with uh, tractors and what's the best place to do that. Yeah, if you want to find what all the upcoming auctions, simply go to tractorzoom.com. Uh, there's a lot of inventory out there right now, smaller than what it was in the previous years. But uh, if you want to find all the tractors, combines, planters, sprayers, tillage equipment, whatever you need, just go to tractorzoom.com and look, up, look at the upcoming auction inventory. 
Um, you can hit me up on LinkedIn. Um, simply email us at info at tractorzoom.com. Um, I'll, I'll get that email if you, if anybody has any questions. Additionally, um, we have, we're going to back, we're going to some great events here in the next few, few months. Uh, we're doing a equipment values webinar with farm equipment in late July, not quite scheduled yet, but watch for that to come out. We'll be at the dealer mind summit in August. Uh, the farm credit risk 360 conference out, out in uh, California, the first of September. And then of course we're coming to your moving iron summit. Right on. Yeah. That's uh you've been there once before it came last year or not last year, I guess 2019 when, <laughs> when we can still meet in person and uh, yeah, there, there's, uh, there's some good stuff there. I'm looking forward to that. So Kyle, thanks for being on the podcast, man. Thank you, Casey. Great, right great being on. Thanks buddy. Well, I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Make sure you check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's where you're going to find the latest editions of the Moving Iron Podcast as they get posted, as well as any blogs I've got out there to post as well. I've got a couple that I need to get out. I just haven't got around to it yet, but uh, look for those coming here um, uh, over the next uh, part of this weekend. Hopefully, I'll have them all put out there. Also, go to movingironllc.com. That's where you're going to find the entire library of the Moving Iron Podcast. Go all the way back to podcast number one where I had Ben Barry and Machine Repeat on there, and I you could go check that out and have have a good time there. Um, also, go to uh, movingironllc.com and you'll see the um, information that you need for all of the uh, Moving Iron Summit. That's September fifteenth to the seventeenth in Nashville, Tennessee. There's a great place to look at all the agendas and stuff like that. So take a look at that. Get it, get registered for that. I, I believe the room block fills up here uh, mid-August, and uh, that will that will be, uh, be full up there. So make sure you check that out if you're interested in doing that. If you want for more information about that, you can send me an email at movingironpodcast at movingironpodcast.com, and uh, I will be sure to get back to you. So with that, I am Casey Seymour with Kyle McMahon. Let's go with some iron, folks. Out. You want to have a meaningful competitive advantage to help sell more equipment. Whether you represent the sales, parts, or management department of an implement dealership, there's a surprising amount of complexity when it comes to tire, wheel, and track technology. Let Axon worry about that so you can get back to supporting your customers. Axon has leveraged years of experience to create a streamlined process that gives you a proven path to help today's grower and sell more equipment. The roots of their organization go back almost 100 years to the invention of the rubber tractor tire. Supporting agriculture is the number one driver of Axon from product development through sales and service. To find more or become an Axon dealer, head over to axontire.com. You want to... Moving iron in the 21st century Hard-working people